0: Are you people satisfied? Uh, this gentle visitor is dying. Uh, you will never even know why he came. I'll tell you with my final breath. Oh. <laughs> I came here with a simple dream. A dream of killing all humans. And this is how it must be. Was like a picture, she was staying there. Moonlight like dancing all again. She woke up and took me by the hand. She's
1: gonna love me in my Chevy van, and that's alright with me. And welcome everybody to another episode of the Van Chat. We get together every Sunday evening we talk about the bands, road trips and uh traveling around so uh, started off there with some sobering realization about the robots and i got dead horse joining us from utah thanks for jumping in howdy and let's see i've got way too many windows open but i just noticed i had my uh nose in a project here I noticed that it's way late for a band chat but it is still technically sunday So we're doing a van chat. Got a couple of people joining us. We run these on the YouTube um, and then we simulcast them over at GunChannels.com over on the Gun Show Loophole channel over there. So it looks like there's a couple of people with green dots there. I sent out a link to Pink and to Smeggy. And if anybody else wants a link, feel free to uh, let me know and I'll send you a link out there and you can join in the conversation. So um, this is but mostly centered on the vans, uh, but also road trips and uh, traveling. And uh, I think, uh, right, I don't know, were you in the chat last week with us? I forget who all was in here last week. No, I think no, I, I missed last chat. So, um, you know, it's getting closer and closer to the end of the year, and I've got a couple of things I really want to hit, like the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Chicago on September 22nd, and then the Bannerman Castle in New York. The weekend before that so um, been what's taking- going on at
0: the castle in New York
1: so the Bannerman castle is uh, one of my things I've been wanting to hit for my whole life and I finally got to it last year and it's the guy let's just say long story short it's the guy that created the concept of surplus and surplus stores really I think so um, he has a castle on an island in the Hudson River and it had been the landmark for a long time. It started to fall down. People have, what do you call it, like uh, taken over the restoration of it, I guess, and the caretaking of it. And is as part of that caretaking, they have events out there. They're gonna have the granddaughter of the guy that did the whole thing. So the granddaughter of Bannerman, uh, so she grew up playing on the island. It was their summer home and his, Warehouse for his massive massive surplus collection and real surplus from spanish-american war so black powder Cannons real surplus not just uh uniforms and stuff but uniforms and Emblems and everything as well, so I can't even imagine the kind of stuff that a little girl might have done playing around in a place like that, but she's gonna have three lectures or three talks and then at the end of her talks I guess three different Days. She's gonna come out to her island and have talks for the people and at the end of the talk You can ask her questions So I really like to be there for all three But I'm not about to hang out in New York for three weeks or whatever that would be plus I don't think they're I don't think they're even three weeks in a row. I think they're spread out throughout the year uh, Or out the fall at least but the last one is the weekend before gun Rights policy conference so it's possible at least on theory to get up to New York uh, be able to check out the castle again And uh, then, you know, to meet the granddaughter, ask her some specific questions that I have, which are going to be more nerdy about, you know, the actual surplus that was there, and what kind of access she had, and if she had favorite stuff, or if, like, there was a room full of bayonets, for example, or was, like, all the ordnance in one place and she was allowed or wasn't allowed to go there, or, you know, just whatever kind of detailed questions I can ask her, Uh, and then see what kind of questions other people ask her, right? Uh, anyway, that I think will be really neat, and then uh, head over to the gun Rights Policy Conference. That's important for all kinds of different ways. Uh, so anyway, since I've got those two things coming up on my calendar, I'd certainly rather drive up there in the van than uh, I wouldn't be able to really fly. So I uh, started kind of planning that out last week. Now I'm going to uh, jump over and grab a different chair because this chair sucks. So I'm going to see who all's out there, see if anybody's asking for links
0: that's quite a drive uh, from new york to chicago i think i think that's probably like gosh that's got to be a uh 12 hour or more drive like that's still pretty far right oh yeah it's a couple
1: it's a whole week to get between them smeggy's in between pink's in between moon's in between oh yeah
0: okay yeah so yeah with all everyone in between yeah that's definitely going to take longer too but that's cool you know to get around and see people too I'm interested in checking out that castle you're talking about. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. This well, magical big-ass castle full of, like, surplus cannons and guns and stuff. Like, that'd be cool as
1: shit. Yeah, literally four stories worth of stuff, and one of the warehouses that had all the black powder blew up, or at least a bunch of ordnance. So
0: did this guy, like, buy the
1: island then? Like, to, like to, did he own the island? Yeah, so basically, you haven't, well, the story is that back in the olden days, he came to this country from Scotland, and his dad, I think, went off to war or something, like Civil War or something. So as a youngin, like 10 years old, he needed to keep his, his mom and his brother and sisters fed. So back then, you would just go get a job. So as a 10-year-old, he would get an anchor. So he would go to the water and throw his anchor off into the water and pull up what he could find. And then sell it or clean it or repurpose it. So he would sell the ropes that he pulled up that were in bad shape as pulp for paper. And then the uh, rest of it, you know, just clean it up and sell it as rope again. He made enough money doing that that they bought a boat. And when his dad got done, they went into the full-time business. They ended up having enough money to be able to buy all the surplus from the Spanish-American War, I think. Literally all the surplus from both sides. Like when the war was over, everybody just dropped everything. They owned it all. So they brought all that stuff back to new york and that started them um, in the real business i forget how many millions of rounds of ammo from that war and that's all black powder ammo back then uh then uh at some point new york got you know concerned that he had all this ordinance there uh that's all another story because he had it in a in a building right a multi-story new york building that uh was all for sale it was a store but you could just walk in there and look around it was like being in a museum you know, it was just rows and rows of stuff. And uh, you could just buy everything. It was like being in a museum that everything was for sale. So it was a pretty interesting and unique experience from what I understand. Anyway, that was the olden days. Then New York got upset about it and told him to scram. So he was uh, found this island that's just in the Hudson River, kind of north of West Point. Almost, You can almost see West Point from it. It's not real far north of West Point. And it's just this little island that was kind of uninhabitable, no one had really lived on it and the lady that owned it was concerned because people kept going to float over there on their boats and then drink and she didn't like that so she sold the island with the stipulation that you can't make alcohol on it, turn it into a still. So he bought the island, built a warehouse and like a dock and everything and uh, part of the stipulation with the state was when you buy buy the island, I guess you have to claim your water. So he built these, I don't know what you call them, like walls out in the water. You know what do they call that? Breakwaters or something. So uh, yeah, like a yeah, like breakwater. So he built this kind of elaborate thing out of this island, and then his warehouse looked kind of bland, so he built it into a Scottish castle look. So it was really just a warehouse made out of bricks, but. Uh, He would sketch out like elements of Scottish castles and give that to the architects, and they would put a facade on it to make it look like a castle. So it did, and it looked like this, you know, basically a four or five story castle on this island. And there's a railroad from New York that goes upstate to where, you know, when you live in the city, you go upstate to recreate, to, you know, get away from the city. So people, and then I think the commute, people go back and forth on this train. So people have seen this thing as a landmark since the 20s or, you know, 1800s when it was built. And uh, at some point when, uh, you know, he dies, the family runs it for a little while, the sons, and then it falls into disrepair. They move everything from the island and the company goes off in different directions and whatnot. But uh, once they quit going to the island, there's no electricity on the island, no running water. So once they quit going to the island, it's like a summer place because they'd rather stay where there's electricity and running water and stuff. Uh, the island just kind of gets neglected. Eventually I think it gets taken to the, by the state or the whatever, that somehow the state gets it. They neglect it, it catches fire, like people ruin it. And people are going on there and stealing things from the castle and you know whatever might stuff might be left over, souvenirs and stuff. So then somewhere recently, in you know, the last decades, um, people have come along and said, hey let's not let this thing deteriorate any further. And let's kind of rehabilitate it as much as possible. And what do they call that? Like, you know, steward? That Restore it of? or? Well, they're not really restoring it, but they're making sure it doesn't fall apart anymore. And then doing tours and making people aware of it and just keeping it alive so that it doesn't just fall apart. One of the problems was he's cheap. So that's, that's the uh, concrete that he used was inexpensive concrete, I guess it was mixed with black powder or some shit. So, uh, in order to like save money, he put black powder in with the mortar, and it like you know eventually started to fall apart. So uh, uh, he built those walls in the water to kind of claim his his water rights and to uh, create a breakwater so that he could bring his barges in and stuff. And uh, he just made that breakwater by taking a barge, an old barge, and filling it with rocks until it sank and then continue filling it with rocks until they hit the surface, and then he capped it with concrete. So when those barges were put into place, he would take all the wood off of them and use that as the floors in his castle, in his warehouses. So when it eventually caught fire at one point, long after it was abandoned, the floors and ceilings, you know, the wood inside of the brick, was made out of, like, treated syracuse, or what is that called? Uh, treated... Uh, that like railroad ties treated lumber so when it actually started catching on fire it just flamed out and burned the whole place to where the brick all fell apart and it got real real brittle so uh, that's anyway that's the story of the castle and you know, how we got to that island and then um, now there's these tours and, and like I say we, I finally got up there I went there in 12 uh, because one of the walls had fallen down like a major wall fell down with some kind of storm or something and, uh, you know, I was concerned that they were going to, it was just all going to fall down. And then it would just be the, you know, the foundation of a castle, which isn't quite the same as seeing a four story tall castle in the middle of an island or in an island in the middle of the river.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to go check some of your old videos on that.
1: I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't ever, I don't remember ever seeing that. Yeah, I'm moving the videos over now. So uh, some of those will be available again. Preasote, I think that's the word I was looking for. Thanks, Vanessa. For anybody wants a link out there, let me know, and uh, they will send you a link. But um, yeah, the thing is the the reason, one of the reasons I think it's such an interesting story or something to be interested in, is when I, as I've been growing up, there's this catalog bin laying around where we had the guns, right? Like our guns were in an area and there was a couple of chairs down there. Cause if we were reloading, somebody might want to sit there. Like one of the cousins was over or a friend or somebody would be sitting there in his, in his easy chairs you know, like, instead of having a TV, we'd be sitting there reloading, and there was these two easy chairs and a bunch of magazines and books and whatever, and that's where you'd hang out and BS with whoever was reloading, or sometimes there'd be, like, two or three of us reloading, and then, or, like, my dad and his cousin would be, like, reloading, and me and his kid would be hanging out. So, anyway, as one of these books was always the Spannerman catalog, and, uh, imagine a catalog's as big as a phone book, or an old Sears catalog, every bit is thick, but, uh, it's basically a 1960s, 1980s reproduction of a 1920s catalog. And their 1920s catalog was still some surplus from the Spanish American War. Every single war since then, he'd been a major you know, competitor buying all the surplus from these different wars and campaigns around the world. And at this point, he's worldwide. He would go to like on buying trips and like go buy castles of all their stuff, all their armor, and all their swords, and all their banners, and everything. He would go to tribes in, like, Africa and South America and buy all their all their shields and all their real, uh, whatever you call it, like, crazy axes made out of stones and teeth and shit. Like, he'd buy all their tribal shit back in the days when they were like, sure, we'll sell you our stuff. And it's all authentic because it's just the stuff they'd been using for hunting or tribal warfare. And uh, so he has this, like, amazing, amazing stuff. There's tons of everything from... Suits of armor and all of the swords and crap that would go along with that, to all like I say, all the uh, Aboriginal or like Native stuff that was, and then tons of Native American stuff. Um, just tons of cool stuff. All the battles, all the campaigns you can think of. And since he had all this stuff, and he was it was all for sale, he put this catalog together. So right off the bat, that's cool because he was marketing it. And had his own like cool catalog and everything that was like as big as a Sears catalog, but it was completely all just stuff from war, right? And then uh, he had this museum slash store and his goal was to put all this stuff from war in one place and make it a museum so that people would go there and say, oh, we should never go to war. Because this is an impressive amount of horrible shit just for war, right? We shouldn't be impressed by this and never go to war. So he wanted people to remember war so that we don't repeat it, right? I think he had honorable intentions the whole time. Anyway, so it's interesting because he creates this catalog that's really thick and everything, and it's organized. It's organized by the models of rifle and by the variations of models of rifle and then by the insignias and by the uniforms and by the campaigns. And because it's all organized and because he has it all for sale and it's all like, now it's a thing Now, all of a sudden, it's part of the psyche that, like, you can collect military stuff instead of just, like, oh, I didn't throw away grandpa's stuff, you know, because I might want to wear that shirt again. Now, all of a sudden, there's this concept of collecting military stuff and, like, trying to get all the medals or all the campaign ribbons or whatever it might be or all the swords from somewhere because now you know that what all the swords might have been. And that kind of sparked, from what I understand, surplus stores and, and the concept of military collecting and reenacting Uh, Bannerman's involved with keeping entire lines of rifles from like disappearing. Like when Winchester would get sick of something, you know, he'd go in and buy all the rest of them or some company was going out of business. He'd go in and buy them all. Uh, Movies and stuff are all made or bunches of movies are made with like all Bannerman's props, I guess you could say. So he's influential and like a part of our two way history all over the place. Anyway, so I guess now we're talking about that, but that's one of the stops on the tour, and because it's in New York, I can't just fly there, and I'm not going to go fly to New York and walk around unarmed, right? So I can drive up there and hang out in the van in Pennsylvania, because it's about an hour or something into New York, and you can only go to the island during... Regular times, anyway. So it's not like you know you can go camp on the island or anything cool legally. Is
0: it like a tour you got to go on, or do you just like rent a boat, or just find a boat to take you over there, or like what do you do? Like how do you? No, you can't just go into it. Okay, so you got to go on some
1: kind of like guided tour or something. Not quite. It's not quite that black and white. So it's a it's a state thing, and it's it's taken care of by this group or whatever the caretakers, right? and so they officially have, like, let's say the Keys, but it is just an island, and anybody could swim over to it, it's it's far enough from the ocean, from the shore that, you know, you could swim there, it might be exhausting, but you could do it, and I don't think it's dangerous, necessarily, except for, like, I think it's dangerous in the winter when you walk across on the ice, because if ice isn't thick enough, you could die, but otherwise, I don't think it's, like, treacherous waterways or anything, it's just probably cold, because it's north to west point, but, um, it's just an island, and there's basically just walk you know rocks all around it's not it's not real it's not like beach or anything it's pretty steep so the only real places to get to it are the places that they've created you know man created whatever docks and open things there are fences there and then there's cameras and stuff so people it's it's not a huge river it's just the hudson river so you can see across it and everything there's i'm told there's like people that are aware of it uh cameras and things that are pointed around So if you did get to the island, the only places you can get to, there's evidence that you were there. Uh, It's not like the olden days where you could just take a boat and drive over there. That being said, there's all kinds of tours. So all weekend long, there'll be boats going out there. And there's like two different charters, as far as I can tell. There's one, there's two different sides of the river. And uh, the boats launch from either side of the river, depending on which parking lot you want to go to, I guess. And they have different kind of schedules and things so there's these boats me and John Z right we went there and uh, took the it's like a pontoon boat looking thing that you, you know dozens of people can sit on maybe 50 people can get on it. Uh, it books you over to the island you get off the tour that we took was like here you go you come back in two hours so it was like yeah you got taken to the island and you're there with their authorization but then and you're supposed to stay on the trail or whatever but It's like, go do what you want for two hours and then look at what you want to. There's enough people doing that that you can't really leave the trail. People would say, hey, that guy's running around where he's not supposed to. I mean, somebody would know it because it's not that big an island. And I mean, if you were super stealthy and you brought like a geely suit or something, you could probably sneak away. And then because it's big enough that you could sneak away someplace and then sneak back over to where the castle is and root around. So it's possible. It's not like it's armed security or anything. But anyway, there's that kind of tour. Then like what this is going to be, as I imagine, you get out there at at night or something and she's probably going to be hanging out in the house that's there. So there's the castle, which is the warehouse and the living quarters from the employees, let's say. And then up on the top of the hill, the hill on the island, there's a house that sort of looks like a little tiny castle, just an old brick house that, you know, a rich guy would have built back in the 20s. So it's kind of rustic, but it would have been nice back in the 20s, I guess. Uh, She's probably going to be talking in there because that's kind of a medium-sized stone house with, uh, you know, walls and stuff. And it's cleaned out inside and it's all like the gift shop, I guess you could say now. It's like the information slash gift shop now. And uh, I think they play movies there. So there's quite a few different tours. Then that's just like the ones that come where you, let's say you stay dry. Like you just come across on a big pontoon boat off a dock, right? You never really touch the water at all. Uh, there's other tours where uh, you go up in a kayak, so you're just in one of them little kayak, little one-person canoe dealies, uh, where you uh, you go somewhere south of it and come up north to it as a group, or individually even. And I think that tour, there's two types. One, you just paddle around, which is super cool because you can see all different kinds of views of that castle from a little tiny boat that you move around than I'll ever be able to see from a tour on the island. you know what I mean? When you're only allowed to walk on these certain trails that are nowhere near the castle, really, so you don't get hurt. Um, You could get way closer and cooler pictures and stuff, I imagine, from the kayaks. But then there's another kayak tour where you can just kayak over there and dock, and they let you on the island, and you walk around and do your thing, I guess. Or maybe you can dock when they're doing a tour and sneak in with the tour or something. So there's quite a few different uh, ways to experience the island during the day and at night, but it's, uh, the only stipulation is it's during the times of the year, I guess when you can get there and by water, like it's, when it's iced over, you can't get there legally. They don't want you over there when it's, you can just walk over there. And yeah. I doubt that river ever like freezes like thick enough to. Right. towards. Yeah, I bet you if it was, then there'd be cars on the island and they would have drove over there a long time ago because they could have just drove over there every winter with fucking construction equipment and took bulldozers and shit, right? Since they couldn't, it was never worth it to drag bulldozers over there on a boat, I guess. Or at least enough of them to really manhandle the island a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to have to watch some videos on it and check it out. Like I, you know, so, I've
1: never heard of that until you mentioned it. So I've got um I've been playing with the new software. I don't know if you saw the time lapse ones I've been playing with, so I'm getting my hang of the new software, and it's frustrating. I've got the newer computer that it works okay on, and then I've got the older computer that it actually the video stuff at least actually works better on. So uh, anyway, I'm still kind of playing with uh, getting the right combination of hardware and uh, whatever, figuring out the software tools, I guess. And uh, I've got a lot of raw videos what I'm getting at so I've posted I don't know if I ha- I think there was a 45 minute video where I just left my my camera phone or my phone on my camera camera on my phone going for like 45 minutes when so, so you go to the island and they say we'll see you back here in two hours so the guy that takes us to the island along with a couple of other people who are already there maybe they're there all day I don't know um, Or maybe they're there with other groups. I really don't know. But let's say there's an island, and let's say there's like two loops you can walk along. At every so often on the loops, there's something to do. Maybe like one of the ladies' gardens, like the mom or the granddaughter's garden, is there. So maybe there's somebody talking about that aspect of it. Then there's like the house. Maybe somebody's over there talking about that. There's like a little dock area where they're maybe talking about something down there. And then there's this view of the castle, and there was a guy talking just basically had a little thing to say. And then if people had questions, he would answer their questions. And you, if you were on a tour, you would kind of sit there for a minute and listen to his thing, and then you'd keep walking. And if you weren't on a, you know, a specific tour, then you could just hang out and listen to him twice or ask questions or go the other way and talk to somebody else. or you know, It's kind of free for that. So just for 45 minutes, I left the, my phone going and kind of let him talk to his little spiel which isn't necessarily like a speech they give. It was just what he felt like talking about, you know, based on whoever was standing there or the last conversation he had, you know, it's like whatever, he just has a lot of things that he knows about. And he just says whatever he feels like. So he was just saying some stuff. And then every once in a while, somebody would ask a question and I would get that, you know, question and then the answer. So I took that 45 minute video and I chopped that into, I don't know, let's say 10 or 12 or 10 or eight, I don't know, a bunch of, Smaller videos and let's say in that 45 minutes he talked about the employees once or twice or three times I would take like the three or four times. He talked about employees cram them all together and say this is the employees at Bannerman castle And then if he was talking about the ladies Maybe the garden or what it was like to live there or something, you know, then I would Group those together and call that one So that's what I've got is like one 45 minute video that I've sort of chopped up and reorganized to be on topics but I've still got a whole nother probably half an hour with another guy who was super interesting because the guy I was talking to is, let's say, the older guy. And he had a lot of facts and he knew about Bannerman the, as far as surplus stuff because I asked him a lot of questions about the surplus business. The other guy, though, was a younger guy. And his interest and his stuff that he was talking about was more along the lines of uh, where the island is. Not so much Bannerman, but where the island and where the castle had been used in, like, fiction and uh, comic books and movies. And, like, it's the the castle and the way that you get to the castle from the east through this, like, you know, those, what am I calling them, the breakwaters and, like, that little bay that they create. Uh, you know, he built all that to look like a castle. And since he did, he built it to look like a little mock-up of, you know, coming up to some kind of castle on the shore. And so it was impressive. And allegedly, that's where the guy got the idea for uh, Bruce Wayne's castle and uh, the Bat Cave. Because it's sort of like you come in at the water level and then you go up to the guy's house on the hill, you know? So I guess uh, one view of the Bat Cave from an old Batman is basically the castle. And that's his his thing there. He had a couple other like movie posters and a couple other things where they weren't filmed there, but they used the image of the castle on the island you know for their let's say movie poster or something so i still have a lot of stuff to, to post that might not be super interesting but it's a little detailed stuff that um i think it's
0: interesting i you know we've all probably seen movies that have featured that island or castle and like didn't even know it right thought it was somewhere actually in scotland or somewhere else in the world
1: but it was just some movie company filming on that little island, making it seem like it was halfway oh, across the world. It's actually not itself. It's not in hardly anything. It's just that it was the influence for all kinds of scenes, or what do you call like, locations in movies. So because it's just right north of New York, people would see it off the train and know about it, so then they would think, oh, a castle on the island like that or whatever, and then when they would draw it up, it would look sort of similar, but it's there's only a couple of actual movies where they t- filmed it there. And it's probably because it, you know, they're in the 60s and all the other times it's been either owned by somebody uh, or owned by the city or the state or whatever and there was nobody that asked to take movie. You know, you know what I mean? Somebody would have to go film Rogue there. In fact, most of the movies, I think, are just kind of filmed. They drive up next to it and film the movie next to it. But it's in a bunch of, like, say, comic books and movie posters and stuff. But, like say they weren't. Oh, oh, that's
0: cool, man. I, I can't wait to see some stuff on that. <laughs> like yeah, I've never heard of it. It sounds really
1: cool, especially the surplus stuff. Okay, it's so on nice. Meetup, uh, we had gone. I had gone to Detroit, and then it took me from Detroit. Me and Pink actually, uh, Pink chatted with me after I left Detroit area. I then I was going to take two days to get to New York, and I thought, nah, I'm going to go ahead and just keep driving. Pink was you uh, know live chat with me. And I just was in a loud chat. There's like really good internet the whole night. And I just you know drove all the way east across Pennsylvania this one night, got all the way to Scranton where Angry was just moving from Scranton to Arizona or from Pennsylvania to Arizona. And he was literally leaving that that next day. So I get to Scranton and I'm thinking um, at first I was thinking I'm going to get a locker at a bus stop and put my gun in there. Thinking that that's property that I'm renting that I have only access to. I could put my gun in there legally and safely, go to New York and not be armed, right? Because all I had with me was my uh, uh, LCR, I think. Maybe my Glock. But I didn't have like a ton of guns or nothing, right? Just my carry stuff. So I um, get to, to the little town right on the border, and it turns out the Greyhound bus station is really just the lobby of a hotel. Like they just meet there and then get on a bus. There is no bus station. So, you know, then I'm like, dang it. So that was my getting to uh, uh, that area. And then I ended up going over and meeting uh, Angry uh, before he, like literally, when he was packed up and had the car ready to, you know, aim towards Arizona. We ended up saying, hey, we walked around a gun shop. And then I ended up going down uh, uh, back to that little town and finding a gun shop to put my guns up at. But I get off on that, talking about uh, driving there? Yeah, yeah, you were about driving there through Detroit. So. Oh, yeah, so anyway, um, a couple of days there, and then, uh, I don't know. So, yeah, i myself into a corner there because I don't remember what the hell I was starting out, but i got to remember in the olden days there of driving around up there. It was pretty neat, though. Oh, I was saying that me and John went up there on the boat. What was I telling you about that for
0: Oh. About you and John going up there on the boat to Bannerman Castle?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, now, how much do they charge you for the tours?
1: It was like thirty-five dollars. I ended up getting. I ended up driving straight through. Got there on Saturday, and it turns out you need to have an appointment. So I couldn't even get an appointment till Sunday. Anyway, John had time to get up there. I guess that's what I was getting at. Is I'm getting all of this is the long way around to saying that I met up with John Z from New York. He drove up and uh, met me at the whatever the pier, I guess whatever you call it, dock where you you know you meet up with the boat. Uh, you'd pay for everything online. I think it's like thirty-five dollars. It's not expensive, really. And then uh, anyway, you get on the boat. You drive over there. We're taking video and everything. Uh, I Took a bunch of pictures there. Like I say, I, I took some video of the uh, audio, I guess, of the guys uh, doing the tour. Beaches, or I want to call like the uh, information stuff uh, and then uh, we drive back on the same boat basically and uh, split and we start posting stuff on Instagram and uh, turns out the boat captain watches us on Instagram and he's all hey I was the boat captain so yeah we got a uh, person who watches the uh, website's Instagram was our boat captain so what small world that is oh we that's we sweet Yeah. <laughs> no till after, but I'm hoping that that might give us an in. Plus, I think, you know, they, they're they're in New York, and they're a nonprofit, and, you know, I suspect they're, you know, they're, they're, I don't know what their costs or what their funding is or whatever, but they're not flush. It's not like there's tons of money or whatever, but there is enough money to do things like keep the castle up and, you know, to build, like, stairs and stuff, so it's not like they're completely underfunded. But anyway, I think they did appreciate when we were giving them attention there when we did have the videos going up. Like I said, I chopped that 45 minute video up, put that up as a series and whatever amount of attention that did give them, I think they did appreciate it. So um, I'm hoping between that uh, you know, goodwill I got from letting people know about the place uh, and then hopefully knowing that captain, if he's still working there, um, I'm hoping that we can, I can get access to um, the castle, and I'd like to meet up with somebody in New York who has, like, a drone, uh, who knows how to use a drone good and has a decent drone, uh, and then, you know, go there and offer to, uh, take some good drone footage of it, because I would imagine that's something they could value, just having good, good, decent drone footage of it occasionally, because it does change over time, right? So we wouldn't charge them anything, Uh, ideally, you know, somebody could help me out, just meet up with us there, and, uh, What we would get out of it is access to the actual castle, right? And then hopefully we could offer them some decent footage and then be able to share that with everybody. See some high-def footage of what it's like to just take that little camera and fly all around and see what it's like, you know, with the condition of the walls and the floors and and whatnot. And then what the view would have looked like if you stood up top. I imagine that could be pretty neat. I don't know if there's enough time to do all that still, but uh, that was one of my goals after experiencing it the first time. And then, of course, now that I learned about 360 cameras, really, really like to be able to put a 360 camera on a drone and just have that thing hover here and there, you know, take a nice 360 high def picture, so people could just explore the insides of that castle, you know, as it stands today, because eventually it will continue to fall down. Gee, how big is that castle altogether? That's a good question. It's impressive. It's four stories. There used to be another portion of it, like say that blew up in the 20s. Um, it's not like a Walmart, like an old Walmart before they turned into super Walmarts, if that was four stories tall. I think that's the best way to picture it. On an island that's four super Walmarts big. So it's not the biggest island in the world. It's not little, but. I mean you can be across it if you stood on top of it you can see the whole thing kind of thing. i bet that would be a sight to behold and you know the weird thing is is i lived on long island and went to the city quite often and i'd never heard of the place well i think yeah, it's,
0: like the- I, so what I it's like i've never heard of it but it seems really cool i uh was looking it up on uh the internet here it says that island's over 6 acres so it's a decent sized island it's it's not some